And welcome to Comic Talkers or Comics is always the top of our discussion. My name is Brandon and you see that I'm missing out on a partner. That's, a, that's right. He's actually on another assignment. So what was it? So I'm actually joined by guest, you know him as John's Comics with Kids. Please welcome back to the podcast, John. John, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm very excited for this topic because it does not get enough chatter. Exactly. So I'm going to let you introduce the topic then at this point. Yeah. So you uh, mentioned early on that one of the things you wanted to talk about was scores, right? The, the musical soundtrack behind the movie. And I think this is a really rich world, especially in comic books. Yes. Like I always like to say when I find a good score, it's music I listen to when I'm reading because it puts you in that theme of what's going on. Um, I'm a history major as well. So some of my scores are kind of based off history comics. And so I listen to them while I'm working and doing everything like that. So it's a good score can not only do that, but a good score can put you right in the movie without you having to watch it. And absolutely. Yeah. And I now I'm a film major. So for me, like understanding how a filmmaker uses editing and music has always been something on my mind. So a, a musical score needs to, for me at least, punctuate the story, but not override it so that like you are distracted by the music and missing out, right? It's got to complement what you're seeing on screen. It's tricky. Right. Now, these are, this is going to be a top five list fan. So as we know, these are our personal picks. These are not an overall list. Um, We'll go over from five to two, kind of go over some of our honorable mentions, what missed our list, go to number one, and maybe even throw some dishonorable mentions in there, like which ones were not that <laughs> um, I know some of mine might be controversial, but you know what? That's the whole purpose. It's not everybody's going to have the same list. Everybody's going to have different lists overall. So I'm going to turn it over to John. John, what is your number five? So this is when we uh, maybe stop being friends, but it made the list. Uh, so we talked a lot, you and I, about trilogies, right? Series of films together and the way a composer and filmmaker might, you know, create arcs of music, characters having their own themes. So for me, I went with the, the Dark Knight trilogy and Hans Zimmer. This is where he made the list. I even mentioned you at one point, I don't know if he's going to make the list. There's that spot. And the more I went over it, the more I felt like specifically the Batman begins and dark Knight. I think each one of those movies has their own themes, but then they build on themes across those movies and into the, when Bane comes in, of course, the, the powerful music they use for him, right. I think they really do a great job of building character with music right now this one is on my list it's on higher but i i know you were talking to me about this like i don't know if i can really put it on there but i can't be mad at you because at least major list at this point. <laughs> right oh so, th no it, these are great movies i remember being so intrigued not so much with the movie at one point but with the music and how it just carries that story and i loved it especially batman begins i think batman begins outshines a little bit more um but like, again, it's like you said, when we get the Joker and Two-Face next, their scores, their themes by themselves is so intriguing. It's just like it keeps you in that tone. So, no, I'm happy you put this on your list because I was well, like, and I think I think you'll see time and again, at least on my list, how a filmmaker and a music composer can have a relationship. And somebody like Zimmer and Nolan have repeatedly proven to be this wonderful chemistry set that 
that doesn't matter the picture they can add so much to each other's work that it really creates a cohesive project yeah i i totally agree i think well just like we say always say with john williams and steven spielberg or you have you you have your good team ups with you know like i know another one's going to be it's an animated one but i always thought these two did really well when they teamed up brad bird and michael giacchino Oh, absolutely. That right there alone shows you how well those two work together. And I remember him, I think there was an interview with Michael Giacchino too, at one point saying he did not want to do Incredibles 2 because he remembered telling Brad Bird, like, <laughs> no, the first one was so good. Why ruin it and make it? Right. And he goes, well, if we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. And so at this point, why not us? So he goes, yeah, you got a point. Let's just do it. Um, but no, so so I, like I said I preferred Batman Begins more out of the three which one would you say you would go I kind of gravitate to more I mean it's tricky I it, it's hard to separate them out and there are definitely notes around the character of Bane mm. in Dark Knight Rises that really hit strong for me but it's it's tricky to separate because it's it's so tied into the characters and the story something about the way he does music whenever Heath Ledger's on screen in Dark Knight. It's just like, he, I don't know how he captures chaos in music, but he does. And this like, you don't know what the next note's going to be, even though there are repetitive themes in music. There are times when the music is incredibly unsettling. And so it would probably be Dark Knight just because of that. Well, what was it? And that's why I went back and watched Hot Zimmer stuff because it was, you know, for a lot of people who don't know, he won an Oscar for his work in Lion King. And seeing that, I think that's a good way to put it because when the whole scene with Mufasa coming down on the screen, everything like that, again, another like what the heck's going on moment <laughs> captures it so well with just that music alone. Right. I think that's why I said the Dark Knight, he does it really well. One of my favorites is when the mansion's burning down. I kind of like mm. little nice little sweet kind of music. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you had it on your list. So I when <laughs> you said I was like, okay, at least it made his it's like <laughs> wasn't honorable mentions or he was gonna say dishonorable. I've been like, oh no way. No <laughs> way. But um, my number five, I'm going to actually Disney. Now, a lot of people don't realize this is a comic, they just think it's a Disney character. I will tell you right now, it's not um this score is created by james horner and i am going with the rocketeer i love this movie and i think the movie takes me away more with the score um just the main title alone kind of puts you in that theme of 1930s somebody with aspirations and dreams um it, it is so amazing the well done that this movie was done, especially an Academy Award winner like James Horner coming to Disney and making this. Um, you know, for anybody who does not know, James Horner is the one who does Titanic. That's how he won his Oscar. And it is just when you I never knew that till after I watched this and was making this list. It's like, huh, that's that's different. OK, let's go with this one, because I I really love The Rocketeer. It's been a movie since I loved as a kid. Um, a lot of kids should watch this nowadays. I, I think it is a good movie about dreams and what somebody really can do if they put their mind to it. And 
not only that, the music for it is just so beautiful. It's a story within a story. It's that music just carries you and you know scene by scene what's happening when you hear the music. They don't focus on real songs. That's another big part of it for me. I really love that when it's just a score and not like a soundtrack because at that point it gets, it takes away from me. The whole, like I said, the main credits alone, the main title alone just intrigues you so well. The little, you know, just the melody of the song just really mixes well. Um, James Horner did a fantastic job and you know what? Disney, please never remake that movie because I love the campiness. And with James Horner along with it, you can't really, I don't think any composer can really match up to his. It's a very underrated movie, very underrated score. And it's something I listen to a lot when I'm doing like schoolwork, things like that. It's one thing I turn to a lot. Uh, but yeah, my number five is Rocketeer. I, I had to, it, was a, it wasn't even a choice. I had to do it. So, well, it's perfect because that's my number four, and oh, wow. I, uh, I'm, I, I thought for sure I would be having all the old movies, and that yours would be a lot younger, newer movies than mine. <laughs> but yeah, I, The Rocketeer is a phenomenal movie. I mean, Jennifer Connelly alone is going to get me in the seat. But uh, you know, you throw that James Horner music on top, and you take a golden age kind of comic book character, and really modernize him in a fun way it feels very cinematic uh even though it's set long ago it, it feels perfectly of that 90s era and um it's a masterful score it just gets you pumped up gets you excited and has all the hopeful optimism of the rocketeer character i think there's a lot of uh, just this just this sort of exuberance naturally in that uh, soundtrack uh, and I think they just did a phenomenal job. I don't even know how to top what you just said because it's all spot on. Um, just a really fun movie. My girls really enjoyed it. I showed it to them. You said younger kids need to watch it, and I totally agree. Um, and yeah, when you and I spoke about this, I said my top four are pretty much locked. Like I, I knew what they would be. And yeah, James Horner's Rocketeer was right there at number four. Like this one was a back and forth with one of my honorable mentions. And I'll tell you right now, that honorable mention was Black Panther. It was really back and forth for me when it came to the Rocketeer and him, because I really loved the way they did Black Panther and the score for it really fit the theme of the movie. But when it came down to it, I had to go to which one would I gravitate to more and listen to a lot more. And yeah, I love Black Panther, but it's not something to listen to all the time. I listen to Rocketeer a lot more. And and it, I have a harder time with Black Panther separating score and soundtrack because yeah. there's so much great use of hip hop. And I think the, the movie for me is a blend of yeah. those sounds. And it's a beautiful, fantastic blend that fits perfectly with this kind of like Afrofuturistic culture that they're really highlighting. I don't know how I could separate it into just the score. So for me, it, it is excluded from this list by 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 that factor. Same with something like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. Yeah, that's that's how I had to make my list. I had to look at it that way too because I think when it came to the Black Panther score, which yeah, it did win an Oscar, everything like that, but it was kind of outshined by the soundtrack mm -hmm. by Kendrick Lamar and all them. Um, same way Shang Chi is. Shang Chi had a soundtrack totally. and a score, and that's also another one too. That was hard. This one was another hard one for me. Was um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. 
I could not put that on my list. And it was hard for me because I really enjoyed that different beat mm-hmm. to a score. But the soundtrack, again, outshined it. And that's where I just said I can't do it. Now, coming to the Rocketeer again, it wasn't Jennifer Conley who stole the show for me. It was Alan Arkin. I oh. loved his character in this movie as the nitpicky, you know, kind of like his side man here. Yeah. I, I loved it. Um, Timothy Dalton was probably the only one I could not get behind. <laughs> it was bad. But like, again, this cast is so, I said this in our top five movies you don't realize are based off comics. And this was my number three on my list. And it just shows you, again, this is why a lot of people don't realize this is a comic book movie. They just think, oh, it's Disney because Disney made it, all that. No, it, it, it's still hard for me for the main character, Billy Campbell, because when you watch him in that, and then you watch him in a movie called Enough, it's two different characters. Very, very. So, but again, it just shows you his range of acting and it shows you how good of an actor he can be. Um, one of my other favorites, rest in peace, was Paul Cervano, or Savino. Mm-hmm. Um, he just passed away recently, like I said, in the previous recording. So, you know, rest in peace. But it's those two alone. And then you have, of course, Jennifer Conley in it. You know, it, it just shows you alone that I can get behind this movie and <laughs> every single one of them. And it did so well. Um, it just is. To me, a lot of people should watch this a little bit more than what is seen. Totally. Uh, so, yeah, your number four was the Rocketeer. Did you want to add on any more before we jump or move forward? No, I think we definitely covered that movie perfectly. Okay, so my number four is a DC movie. It is recent. Um, I'm going with Rupert Gregson Williams' Wonder Woman. I enjoyed this score really well. Now, mind you, a lot of people don't realize this. Hans Zimmer was the one that originally created the score main song for wonder woman but it is rubert gregson williams who does the movie and the best thing about it is rubert is actually hans protege so it is so wonderful to see somebody like that come in and take over that score and really show you what i love about it is it takes those sad moments and you know when they're sad and then you get those rageful moments and put incorporate that theme of wonder woman so well in those moments um one of my favorite ones is the scene. I can't remember the song title, but when she goes back to the town and she sees it was gassed and pretty much everybody died and how she went pretty much off after that. It really shows you that sadness to rage moment. And I think that whole emotion spectrum really shows you there. And I think Rupert does a really good job in doing that. I think it's just one of those things like, I think this was the first time I really felt that way that, you can go from sad and you feel that emotion, you understand that emotion and you turn to rageful. And it's just so like, you feel what Wonder Woman's feeling at this point, just with the music. And I think it does a really good job. Um, but yeah, I'll turn it over. I think I've talked enough about that. I really don't have too much. Well, more. I mean, and I think one of the, I mean, obviously they had that Wonder Woman theme for the few seconds they used it in Batman versus Superman. And it's nice that that uh, that a composer could take something like that and then build on it. Yeah. And you can see that these it, it would be out of place without that music. Right. Yeah. You would the movie would be lacking. So you had to use that as the seed to then grow a whole new score. And not a lot of people could do that. I, I think by far my favorite song of the whole score is called No Man's Land. And it's is a scene where you do see Wonder Woman get out of the trench and walk forward 
And that song alone goes from motivate. It's a really motivating song. A lot of people, it starts off slow and then it really picks up when she starts moving forward. And I really enjoyed the, the whole slow burn and then here it comes. And it's a nine minute song, but even then that nine minutes, you are so motivated to see what Wonder Woman's going to do. And I, I love this score. It is fantastic. Ruber Grex and Williams should do more of these superhero scores a little bit. And <laughs> I think you brought up a good point. The fact that that little song in Batman versus Superman and expands is fantastic. The sad thing is, is that when we get Wonder Woman 84, Hans Zimmer <laughs> comes back and does it. And you don't really hear that. And it's, it's sad because it was like, I understand it's a new era. It's a new decade. But even then, you still need to have that song mixed in somehow. I will admit right now, and it's hard for me to say it, that is probably going to be one of my dishonorable mentions. I did not like that score. I thought the score was terrible. Um, and it's sad because I love Hans Zimmer so much. And that was his score. And I was just, so, I think I was just so disappointed with it. But you can't you can't blame the uh, the composer for the bad screenplay. I think oh, that's that's he's right. just got to put music to whatever the words are and images right. are on screen. I agree, and that's why I said. It, and this is again, I, maybe it won't be a dishonorable mention. <laughs> but I agree, you can't blame him. He did what he had to do. It's, right. But yeah, let's turn over to you, Mr. John. What is your number three? Well, you you mentioned it, and I'm going to count it. Uh, I'm going to count The Incredibles. I think uh, you know my girls have read Incredibles comics, and I, I enjoy that film as a superhero movie. And uh, so uh, I'm a huge fan of the TV show Lost, and Michael Giacchino did all the music for Lost. It's one of the few shows to ever have a full orchestra recording the music live every single episode. You know, they would get a full orchestra and every episode of Lost, he would be able to record the music with them. Really, really rare. And the guy is supremely talented. And what he does with the incredible soundtrack is on a or score is on another level. It brings in elements of like old Bond spy movies, it has it has a, a, a very like there's there's notes of like sweet family connectivity. There's like a fun superhero vibe to the whole thing. It's got a retro feel like it doesn't feel super modern mm -hmm. um, and it blends this all seamlessly. Right. I think and it, and, and it maintains that wonderful levity that Brad Bird wants in this movie that could become very heavy, but instead is very uh lighthearted and 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 warm spirited so i it's it is so i mean i go on when i go to disneyland and i go on the ride the incredible coaster it's like i love just sitting there in the line and listening to those that soundtrack over and it's just so it's enjoyable it's so enjoyable and so entwined i can't imagine that movie without that music Right. That's why when it came to the second one, I was glad Gladberg did go back to Chiachino and go, hey, score this for me because I don't want anybody else doing it. And it really does show now the Incredibles all allowed because I look at it this way. That's like if the Fantastic Four was made actually into a good movie. <laughs> um, I, I will say that right now. Um, now I'm going to throw something at you. Mm. The Incredibles, mind you, he has done. But he did win an Oscar for another Pixar movie. Up. Yeah. Which one do you like better? Oh, that's a hard one. I know because that's probably two of his best scores. I, here's the thing. I think he won the Oscar for Up 
because of the first 15 minutes. The Married Life song. Yeah. But The Incredibles is an entire film soundtrack where every single track is fire. So, you know, it's the difference between a sprint and a marathon. And And the marathon is more impressive to me. The sprinter who sets the world record is amazing. But the marathoner who sets the world record is on a different level. And so for me, I would probably listen to Incredibles more. Plus, again, like I said, it's that fun, lighthearted, lively spirit versus versus Up, which is probably going to make me cry every time I listen to it. So <laughs> it, it wins out on several levels. It, it, it's it's, And I think you brought up a good point with Giacchino. And that's why in, when it came to my top five, he did not make my top five. And I think when it comes down to it, I agree with you. I think Incredibles was a marathon. I think he was. But ever since then, I really can't sit here and say I like the score, like a complete score from him other than Rogue One. And I think just because it, that, again, was another marathon. But I think that's his problem is that when it comes to doing scores, he's very he's kind of like a one hit wonder when it comes to it. Like he does do good scores. And then the rest of the soundtrack is mediocre. And it's just like like Batman. I look at the newest Batman movie he just composes. I really can't sit here and say I really like a song from it. And it was hard for me to not include him because I really do like some of his scores. Um, that's why I said Doctor Strange is one of my honorables. It's there, but because there is a theme, but then there's so many songs. It's like, why does that, what's the incorporation of that theme to that song? And I feel that's where he lacks a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, I, I can understand kind of what you're trying to say. I, I disagree that he's a one hit wonder in any way, because he, in my opinion, he just slayed. like I'm a Pixar fan and he has done a huge chunk of their, now I understand some of their movies are musicals like Coco or whatever, but he is laying down all that background music for those movies. Ratatouille is one of my favorites and he slays the music in Ratatouille. Um, I think he, what I was meaning more is kind of like songs on different soundtracks are really more popular compared to the whole album. And I think, yeah. And, and I don't hold that against a composer when the film needs actual songs and score and a filmmaker is blending them both. Like I don't hold that against the composer. I think he, uh, he's an incredibly talented guy. I love his star Trek. Yeah, I'll give score you with the Chris, you know, the Chris Pine uh, star Trek. I think he just uh, he has a way of capturing action and, and making it just like edge of your seat excitement. I do agree that he's been working a ton. He's become Disney's guy. So all the Marvel movies, all the Pixar movies, I think he's he's working a little too much, maybe he stretched a little too thin. And now he's with DC doing the Batman and doing different things like that. That's why right. I, I think that might be the problem is he's just stringed out too much. And it's just like, take a break. You don't see Hans Zimmer chunking out five, six scores a year. You get him maybe one or two, and he's still getting Oscar nominations. It just shows you that quality means more than quantity. And I think that's the biggest thing with him. Uh, but no, great pick. I'm glad somebody had this one on. <laughs> oh, Giacchino, I, uh, yeah, I am obsessed. So, yeah. I'll have to send you a link to a video we um, I watched. They did a comic book shopping with him, and he talks about some of his famous scores and what he really liked, some of his oh, really everything. It's called Comic Book Shopping. It's on Collider, and he do an episode with him, 
And it's so interesting to see kind of like how he got started. And really, like he says, one of the main ones was Steven Spielberg is the one that kind of got him to get orchestra and everything. And when he did the Lost World video game. And so, So, yeah, I I got to hear him live. Uh, I went to L.A. for an anniversary uh, orchestra event with my wife. And we it was a it's it's a semi yearly, not every year kind of event that they do called We Have to Go Back, where it's just he gets an orchestra together they do music from lost there's a screen playing scenes from lost and the creators and the actors from the show come out and talk on stage with him it's an outdoor venue it was amazing and he was incredibly funny and uh everybody there was just there because of his music it was really a cool event it it really i what was it i've i've always wanted to go to one of those i've always whenever i hear them especially like near our neighborhoods i try to go because it's Something I always like, especially I would love to see Hans Zimmer in life because I know he right. did the exact thing and seeing that and I've watched some of them on YouTube and stuff. It's just amazing to kind of see what he does. Giacchino, I would love to see because I think seeing some of his more iconic songs would be amazing to see, like you said, with the screen behind it and see how he composes it. There's just so many good things about Giacchino. Right. But, but yeah, so with that, I am going to my last independent comic for the list. Um, this is a great movie to me. One of my favorites. Rate number one in the movies that you don't realize are based off comics. Um, movie stars Tom Hanks, Paul Newman, um, Jude Law, and Daniel Craig. I am going with Road to Perdition. I love Thomas Newman's score for this. I think there's some songs, again, that's just kind of like, okay, it's a little high-pitched, but you kind of understand why it's doing that. What made me fall in love with this soundtrack is one score, one song alone. And that's what got me hooked on the, the score from there on out was Road to Chicago. This is the scene where right after his, the, his wife or Tom Hanks' wife in the movie and his youngest son are killed. And so they start driving to Chicago to get away from the hitmen and everything like that. So then right. they start their revenge. And seeing him go to that Chicago just kind of puts you on that trip of emotion with him. And you understand what he's feeling inside, even though he's not showing it on the outside. Um, his son in confusion in some ways. And I think that song alone picks up the confusion part of the son as well. Um, then you get one of the, probably one of another great songs is Road to Perdition itself. This it, it really is just a nice little melody for anybody who wants to know, this is what if Punisher was done right. And <laughs> it really is a great score because it's a great trip from revenge to peace. And it really shows you, it really is a good music. I really love Tom. Like I said, I love Thomas Newman. He's one of, one of my favorite composers. Every movie he's done, I've never sat here and say I've been disappointed. Um, and again, another um, another composer who doesn't pump out a lot. He does some every so often now, and that's how it is. Thomas Newman, though, for this, I think just fit well. It really fit the theme of the movie with the Irish Mafia going after. I love the every song. Um, one of my other favorite ones is the scene where you don't see Tom Hanks, but he's mowing down every bodyguard of Mooney's or Paul Newman's role sitting there just mowing them down that slow piano alone really takes away that song that scene and that whole scene where he says i'm glad it was you to do this 
it that song right there just hits you so hard that it's like if you don't tear up just by the song alone it really hits a string and it really like for me I was just like wow I don't I will admit right now I don't ever think I cried just during a song just the way the song was produced and it just is like that's just Thomas Newman's magic it really is and he can capture that moment and that alone, I was just like, I'm, I'm hooked. I, I cannot sit here and not enjoy this. And the rest is history. I listen to this a lot when I do history stuff, when I'm doing notes for our podcast, everything, because it's just something that keeps you so focused and keeps you so intrigued. And then it gets you to really say, you know, this is, I'll admit right now, this is the movie that made me want to do this. this. Hmm. Now it's sad that it's not higher, but it's in my top five for a reason. I, I mean, it, it's a great movie. And if anybody's ever missed it, they should definitely check it out. Huge, great cast. Sam Mendes, great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Thomas Newman, I think he's been nominated, but never won an Oscar. He's been nominated for so many. Shawshank Redemption is one of my personal favorites. Wally, absolutely amazing soundtrack. Finding Nemo. Cinderella, uh, Man, that's another big one I liked. Yeah. And I think... Uh, I think yeah, he's a he's a phenomenal uh, composer. Really, really talented. It's what was it? It's it's sad because this was actually nominated for an Oscar. The the score alone, and it lost because of who? The big one that year, which was Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. It, it, it's whatever. I've I've just accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on. But see, the sad thing is, is like I love Howard Shore's music. I think it's phenomenal, especially for that movie. Yes. But I feel like it over, like that tainted, like it was just like, oh, this guy is like way over these guys. And it's just like, it's like how they do the animated movies when they first started. They had three movies and you knew like one was way above the rest. And that's how it was with Howard Shore's music compared to Thomas Newman or anybody else. This movie was nominated for, I think, quite a bit or not quite a bit, but a few Oscars and didn't win one of them. So it was just like this was a better movie than this it should have at least won one oscar out of this tom hanks should have been nominated for best actor in this movie i'm sorry <laughs> i love his role in this movie um but yeah so that's my number three so mr john what is your number two yeah i think you and i both uh mentioned that dc movies would populate a lot of our lists and my top two i think just like yours are dc movies um but I'm a little older, so mine might skew a little older. Uh, I'm going with John Williams' Superman score, which, in my opinion, is so amazing that that the filmmakers even decided to do an entire credit sequence at the beginning, like an old school movie overture, where there's like curtains that pull back and the music starts playing, and you get the entire credit seat. They that I remember watching with my girls at one point for the first time, and they were like this is really long. Like this is like, we're still waiting for the movie to start. We haven't even gotten to Krypton yet. And it's just because that score is so powerful. Uh, He does great stuff in Smallville and in Metropolis and the villain themes with Otis and, and, and Lex. And of course that like, you know, Phantom Zone sequence with Zod is very sinister and then you build to that tragic death of Lois Lane theme. And then above it all is the Superman theme, which I think is so iconic. It's hard for filmmakers to even get away from it. It's just, it feels like 
you know, America and a hot dog. And it just feels so, it just feels so perfect for the character. You know, it's so marvelously done to, even though it's a DC film. It's yeah. I was going to say, uh, you want to say marvelous, man? Right. <laughs> I think, I think it's even in his epic career, John Williams, it stands up there with the Star Wars, with the Raiders of the Lost Arks. It, it is so strong. This, uh, the score and um, it it's part of the reason you believe Christopher Reeve is actually flying is right. that song it carries him now what was it when it comes to some of his greatest soundtracks it's why there's a reason why some of these songs from this movie not just the main theme but there's a few of them that's always on this list because mm. John Williams this is a great composer that pays attention to the movie it's why for some you know he he scored a little little franchise called star wars for crying <laughs> for jaws he's or harry potter harry potter yep he i think did he do all of them i thought he only did a couple of them i think he did the chris claremont uh chris um uh columbus ones yeah the first ones yes and then the and it just it just shows you how like schindler's list by far still one of my favorite scores just with him alone shows you how dark really a score can get and do somebody with John Williams on top of it made it even better. And like you said, Indiana Jones is another great one of his. It just shows you why this guy is such a big composer and why everybody relies on him. And he just brings it. He knows what to do. You don't, he's one of those composers. I wonder if he just like, get away. I'll take care of this. <laughs> you work on your stuff and does it. Cause that's what I'm wondering if he does, because he doesn't really need help. He just composes and just, does it from his heart and i think superman is probably one of his most iconic songs um i'd probably say it that theme alone is probably top two i will say that right now like i will say that even over star wars i will say that like i probably would put this in indiana jones as yes because i think when it comes to this this score again it might talk out of we love comics but even then if it wasn't for Superman, we wouldn't have the superhero movies we have now. And I know we talked about this in our DC list. The fact that that movie is on this list because of that reason. Has it aged well? Yeah, in some ways and some and no. But even then, it's so iconic because it was important. And it was, you know, and the score alone really showed you what a score could be. And that score is not aging at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's so timeless. It's sad because look at what we said with Justice League. Perfect example. I think it was called The Final Battle. You hear Batman's iconic theme from the 1989 movie. And you hear John Williams' theme from that. And that's Danny Elfman really just saying, I really love these composers. This is And Danny Elfman's sad because he's the one that did Batman. <laughs> he's allowed to sample his own work. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, he just re-edited everything and just made it sound like that. But he brings John Williams' Superman score into it. And it's so, it just shows you that cleverness and the respect that dude has for John Williams and how much John Williams is respected in all the community. Um, but yeah, great pick. Unfortunately, it did not make my list. I didn't think so. I do think I could guess what you're, what's coming next, though. Okay, let's see if you can guess it. I know I've talked with you about this. I'm assuming it's Hans Zimmer's Man of Steel. No. It's not Man of Steel. Okay. Man of Steel. All right, it's let's a, hear it. It's a recent movie. Um, it did win an Oscar. I'm going with Hilder. If I pronounce this wrong, I am so sorry. Um, Judah 
Tor or Judatier, the Joker. I said this when we talked about this in the top 10. I did not like the movie. Not very well, as much as others have. Um, I know we all talked about it, kind of how our feelings were about this movie when it was coming out. Um, but there was two things I took away from this movie. The final act. Really thought that really showed you what the Joker could be in the score. I think the score was really well done. I think it fit that theme. You get, it's kind of like how, like my mom says, a good score too is like she loves horror movies. And a good score can really take you away in that. I think in this movie alone, you get that sense of darkness. You get that sense of what the Joker is just by listening to the score of the movie. And that it, it just is so good. And what I love about this too is that it showed, and this is the only woman on my list, showed you that a woman can do this and make this score so well done in such a men-heavy movie and just showed you that I can make it just as better as anybody else. And she says it perfectly in her Oscar-winning speech that she goes to those original composers, John Williams, everything, and tells them, I learned from you, but my job is to show women that they can do it too. And I really love that. Um, she is such a great, she's an up-and-coming one. She doesn't have a lot of movies behind her yet, but just to show you right away with the Joker and how talented she could be, I, I see her, well, I think we're going to be seeing her a lot more when it comes to later on movies. I think she is coming back for the Joker too. Um, even though I don't know if that's going to be a musical or not at this point, I'm going to tell her to step aside. I don't, <laughs> I don't want her to be tainted with that movie. Um, but again, it just shows you how talented this movie is and that a score really can't, it's like John says perfectly, a score is only as good as the screenplay. It's only as good as the movie. And I'll say this, I think this outshines the movie. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much work she put into this. And well, they should, because why? She won an Oscar. Again, I'm gonna say it again and again. She did win an Oscar for this movie. She, it was, it's a really good dark score. You don't see that a lot anymore. And it just really took you, like I remember watching this and Every time I watch, read mystery comics or horror comics, this is the score I go to. I list, I put this on and just listen to it. Like crying out loud, one of their main songs is a TikTok trend. <laughs> Come on now. Like if that don't show you too how popular this is getting, you know what? There's no real, and I'm sorry if I pronounced her last name wrong. I can never pronounce her name right. But Joker to me, I, it shocked me because I never liked the movie. And then when I went back and rewatched it and saw how that music just took me away more from the movie, it was just like, that's a great score if they can do that. So yeah, the Joker's my number two. So it's a great, it's a great score and it does suit that movie perfectly. Yeah. Um, it's a great marriage of editing, cinematography, acting and, and music. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great pick. Now, the thing that took me away was the cello. The cello alone, just to see how dark that really can get and how dark of an instrument it could be. It was just like, that's amazing. If somebody can really do that. And it just really showed you her talent and showed you where she comes from with this. Um, so I think we're going to see her a lot more here soon. 
I think she's going to be a great composer up and coming. So, yeah. So before we go to our number ones, we do have honorable mentions. John, what were some of your honorable mentions that just made it off your, or didn't make your list? So I, I'm sure you know, and anybody who follows me on Instagram or whatever knows, I'm a big X-Men fan. So I couldn't ignore Michael Kamen and Henry Jackman. So now Michael Kamen did the original X-Men score, which I think is still really, really strong and did a really good job with it. But what I probably prefer is X-Men First Class when Henry Jackman basically took that Mm-hmm. built on it and then gave magneto a whole new theme that sequence when he's pulling the submarine out of the water so amazing when he's hunting down the nazis down in south that america that song alone was the tension right i think i think there's something great about x-men first class so if i had to narrow it down i'd pick first class but it, you don't get first class without the original film and some of those uh musical notes and sequences that michael Kamen made So in that way, it's very much built upon a series of movies. Mm -hmm. So that one definitely is a big honorable mention. And then uh, Danny Elfman's Spider-Man, the original Sam Raimi film, I think has a really great score and, and, and does a really good job of, of, of carrying Raimi's Spider-Man film. So those are the two that I chose. But I also had Spider-Man on my list. Um, Danny Elfman, um, Spider-Man, I thought, I remember sitting as a kid and just getting so intrigued with the movie because of the score as well and seeing every scene just one by one with Danny Elfman. I love scores like we said before. I love scores that don't have a soundtrack that outshines them. (laughs) This is a movie that does not have, it has a soundtrack, but the score outshines it. And it it just really is that great. Um, Like I said, I have Dr. Strange on my list. I love the little melody by Michael Ciaccino, but the whole kind of mystical kind of music a little bit it just works well for the movie there's songs in this movie that's why I couldn't put it on my list I just feel like it takes away from that theme and that's where I'm just kind of like I can't get behind this a theme should be persistent in the movie like Rocketeer has a persistent theme Wonder Woman has a persistent theme Road to Perdition did too Joker and in my number ones of course which you probably already know at this point what my number one is if I haven't said it yet um Black Panther's on my honorables. Again, another not bad score. Love the theme. I think the theme really did take it away. It just, just not one I can sit there and watch all or listen to over and over again. And then I put a Batman animated movie on this list. I think a lot of people don't give this one enough credit. Under the Red Hood. The theme for this movie really is good. The Choice is probably my favorite song in my top five of all time. Um, just by Christopher Drake to get you in that scene where Jason gives you that ultimatum. Shoot me or shoot the Joker. You only got two options at this point. Just seeing that whole scene where Batman drops the gun, you can just hear it in the song. And it's just like, that's amazing. Oh, those are my honorables. Great picks. Yeah, so John, what's your number one? I mean, I I think both of us ended with Batman and I I totally get it. Um, But for me... I grew up with the animated series. I grew up with the original film. So it's got to be Elfman's 89. And I think the only reason that animated show uh, even happens is because that that amazing score from, from Tim, Tim Burton's film comes over and becomes the language for the animated series. Uh, that, that, opening sequence the you know at at the end of at the beginning of every episode of the animated show so good 
it's so it just pumps you up you're like yeah i want to watch batman and darwin cook's art just makes well together it's just like yes and i think a huge reason that that first batman movie worked besides the beautiful cinematography the look of the film that tim burton crafted is danny elfman i i i legitimately feel that that movie is miscast in a million different ways but it doesn't matter because danny elfman's music sells that costume it sells that place it sells the gothic cities and the bat signal and it it is it is a masterpiece and uh, is so associated with Batman now. It's almost hard to 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 separate them the same way that John Williams' Superman score and Superman are now entwined. It, it's another, like we say, a good director is not good as along or is just as great with a great composer. And this is another big team up to him. Right. Danny Elfman always do a lot of scores and movies together and I think if I'm not mistaken 89 what or Batman was their first one and ever since they just took off and every movie that he made Danny Elfman was right there to score most of them I think there was a couple in between that they did not but it was just because he was busy with other projects um but like again I don't think we would have gotten Batman the animated series without him because Danny Elfman is the one who scores that whole series and it is just phenomenal to get those themes for the characters and different things like that he builds that universe I think so the first so I'll just so we yeah the first few that he did with Danny uh and with Danny Elfman and um Tim Burton were the uh, peewee films oh yeah I forgot. and Beetlejuice yeah uh and then of course Batman was kind of the biggest one yeah, but yeah, I think they just have a, they seem to just have a common language, mm-hmm. right? Like, like aesthetically, there's something about his music notes and, and the way Tim Burton crafts his visuals, this sort of gothic Americana thing that they have going that is so unique to both of them. And when together, it's like chocolate and peanut butter or something it's just amazing how well those they are able to complement one another it's it's sad because i think a lot of people kind of for you know like people it's like if anybody does not know who danny elfman is i'll say this right now you know the simpsons enough (laughs) and on top of it and scores the movie on top of it this guy you know that's why i said when it came to justice league being announced and they said danny elfman was going to be the one to score it i was excited because i thought this guy knows superhero movies enough he could do a great job with this and he did he did a real i will say this, this is one of the only plus sides of that movie was the score <laughs> i not even zach snyder's guy i cannot sit there for four hours and watch it again it just that's why when it came to that list when we did it i could not put it up there it just was too stinking long to get the point across so and it's sad because what did i pitch oh it's like oh let's pitch the new gods to get a new show i think people need to see what the new gods really are because i think snyder missed out on that on explaining what the new gods really are so having that opportunity to show it in a show i think would be great maybe you can get danny elfman to score that i think you'd be great because he could get that capture of gods and different things like that he can do anything so why not that or Michael Giacchino, because we need a little campiness for Mr. <laughs> um, but yeah, by now, if everybody doesn't know, my number one is the Dark Knight trilogy. I, again, it's like John said, Pond Zimmer 
James Newton Howard, along with Christopher Nolan's direction, is been a great team up, especially Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan. This guy, there's a reason why Hans Zimmer scores most of his movies. Not all of them, again, but like one of my other favorite ones since it's Inception. I love Inception score from beginning to end, especially Time being the main song from that movie and how it just intrigues you. Um, I remember watching this movie as a kid. Um, I was nine when this movie first came out, nine, ten years old. And the music alone takes you away. And it just puts you in that theme of what Batman really is. Um, I, it was hard for me not to include Batman 1989. I think I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think I didn't like it because Prince also was the soundtrack. and <laughs> I could not put it on my list. It was hard for me. But even then, I agree with everything John said, though, about that movie. I think you wouldn't have a lot of the Batman stuff we have now without Elfman. And without his score and his direction with the music, it, we wouldn't have what we have now. Um, and I think Hans Zimmer really did take a lot from it too. He had to make it dark. He had to make it, you know, gritty, everything like that. And I think Danny Elfman is who set that tone because without Tim Burton's direction along with Elfman, you don't have that darkness. You don't have, it would be a 1966 Batman movie again at that point. Nobody and I think, and I think that we mentioned how Elfman and Burton are like a, a, a duo. I think Zimmer and Nolan have a have a, a common language as well, yeah. and neither of them wants to overstate or overdo things, yeah. which is why the Zimmer score for the Batman films doesn't have like the traditional hero medley or the traditional hero song. Right, it eschews that so that it can focus instead on the mood. Right. And capturing that that mood, it's got it can speed up, it can slow down, it's got it, it's got intensity to it, um, but it's also got you know those moments when Bruce is being rescued from the well by his dad. Uh, I think there's there's great levels to it, mm -hmm. but the but the score doesn't want to overshadow the movie, right? It wants to uh, add meaning and layer to the movie, versus. You know, Danny Elfman is never like that. Danny Elfman wants to overpower and be just as big as what's on screen. Right. So you have, you have, but, but that speaks to Tim Burton, right? Tim Burton wants it to be over and big and, and, and gothic huge versus Nolan wants to be, you know, real. He wants right. it to feel grounded. Right. And I think, I think in that way, the aesthetics mm -hmm. composer and director speak to one another really well. And I think that's why when it comes to all Batman movies, this is by far my favorite trilogy because it is, you don't need superpower folks to make a great Batman film. And even though I know a lot of people didn't like Bane, I actually didn't mind him. Yeah, it bugged me with his voice. Of course, everybody was bugged by his voice, but he was human. He wasn't no superpowered being, he was human. And that's what I love about this trilogy is that Nolan brought it down to this is us or this is what these villains could be in a world we live in, not what Gotham City really is. And Nolan just, Nolan directs it really well and Zimmer scores it really well. 
Um, I think the the weakest one out of all three is Dark Knight Rises. Um, there's only a couple songs that I really like, Gotham's Reckoning, The Jump. There's different songs like that that really hit that theme of the movie and what it stands for. But when you go to Batman Begins, every song on that soundtrack is such a hit. And Dark Knight goes the same way. You have the Joker's theme, why so serious. You have Harvey Dent's theme, which I think is iconic. I think it's very, well, to me, it's iconic in the world. I think it's very underrated. I love his score for or his theme in the movie. But every, it's like you said earlier, with the it came to Dark Knight, it really picks that whole theme up and just, okay, now we're going to go to Joker and then we're going to move it up a little bit and we're going to move it down a little bit. It, it just was really great how they did it. And that's why I said Dark Knight Trilogy, when it came to making this list, I went, I can't really choose one over the other. It was hard for me to not go, oh yeah, Batman Begins, because Batman Begins is just as good as Dark Knight. Yeah, uh, the two, I'd probably send those two and just left Dark Knight Rises off my list. But at that point, it's kind of, if I got two, I'm going to go three. So, yeah, that's our top five. So now, John, I'm going to ask you really quickly, were there any movies that you went automatically, no, I'm not including on this list, it's bad, or I just don't care for it? I mean, it's hard with score. And I think we mentioned this a few times, this idea that it's, can you blame a bad score uh, mm -hmm. for a movie that's just, not good i mean you know you talk about i my mind went to the the daredevil movie that ben affleck did and i actually have that on my phone <laughs> and i think i think it's just i can't blame the score for that movie because there's so many things wrong with that movie but the score doesn't do any favors <laughs> i think the, the score the score is a little off and you can look at halle berry's catwoman movie i think you can take some shots there but again, I don't think it's I don't I don't blame the score for those movies. I, I definitely blame a, a bunch of producers and some writers, maybe. Um, but I but I think the onus doesn't fall on score in, in a, when a movie doesn't work. Now, what was it now? Like for me, I'd probably say Catwoman as well. I can't say Daredevil because I do have that on my phone, but I can see why a lot of people don't like it because it is more techno beat and I don't like that at points. And I think it was just all over the place when it came to the score. I think I did it more for the Rose. I think that was one of my favorite songs. Um, the whole as long as it's not the scene when they're on the seesaw, I think we're probably all right. Yeah, we're we're not going to do all that. <laughs> I don't I don't need Electra and Daredevil fighting in a playground. Now, when it comes to this, to I know like these are your favorites, but do you feel there's a score that you feel people don't give a lot of credit to that is so good that yeah, it's not on my list but it's it's underrated i don't i don't i mean i think we've hit on the the big ones i can't i don't nothing comes to mind for as far as that i will say i think the knock and we've mentioned it a few times against marvel movies is that they tend to use needle drops in their movies along with a score and that totally overshadows a score yeah. and i feel like it's easy to feel that way because you remember uh, hooked on a feeling you don't remember the, the the music in guardians of the galaxy however scenes like yondu's death in guardians 2 or everybody in the little cocoon that groot makes in guardians 1 work because of the score and i think the score in the guardians films gets totally overlooked for the soundtrack and i don't blame the composer or anything because the truth is 
the the movie needs both and the blend has to work right because the characters are very modern they're going to be listening to music and music is a key element of who uh star lord is so you need it but he's not going to be listening to this needle drops the whole time he's going to have these emotional moments that require orchestral music and and those moments you know Groot sacrificing himself or Yondu sacrifice those work because of a score right like for me I go with two independent or one could be is a DC movie more but I think it's very underrated um it couldn't make my list compared to some of these others um V for Vendetta I do love the score for that movie I think the score really fits the theme very well but a lot of people it outshines just the same way we talked about it in our DC movies, why it wasn't on our list because of the Alan Moore situation. Um, another one is another Alan Moore comic book movie that everybody loves to hate on. I love the score for it. I think Trevor, um, Trevor Jones did a really good job on this score. Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I thought for what was given, he actually wasn't terrible. <laughs> the score, I think, outshines the movie, of course. But it's one of those movies I say, if they would have just not named it League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it probably would have been 10 times better film. And then maybe we still have Sean Connery acting in a few movies after that. I'm so. not going to give you that. I think that movie doesn't work on any level. <laughs> well, I, we always make fun of it because I always love Captain Nemo on that movie. Like, what do you call that? I call it an automobile. And it's just the stupidest things ever. You know, for me, it grew as a cult classic for me or just something stupid. It just was a it's a guilty pleasure. I do like that movie. Um, now, do I agree with fans on where that stands in comic book movies? Absolutely. Because when you really compare the comic to the movie, it's terrible. Yeah, and, they're night and day different. Yeah, the, the comics 10 times darker. It does take on a lot of dark themes. And I think you need that, especially with horror characters. But the score alone for Trevor Jones from that movie, I actually liked. I thought it fit the theme very well, what it was trying to go for. It, it, you can't, it's like you say, it's hard to kind of trash a composer because of a trash movie. And I think that's a perfect example of that. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good place to end our conversation. As always, thank you, John, for joining the podcast. Where can the fans find you? Uh, yeah, I'm John's Comics with Kids on pretty much all social media. Hope to see you there. Alrighty, and you can also listen to Comic Talkers anywhere on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Comic Talkers and get all the latest updates and get little snippets of our conversations. You're going to see a little snippet of our conversation in here. So what was it? So yeah, please go follow us out there. Please go follow John on John's Comics with Kids. He puts out really great comic talks um, along with, I think the most interesting you put out recently was who would you put in your top or your four horsemen? And I in, in commented because I was like, that's an interesting one. Like and I, <laughs> you did. And I was just like, okay let's do this you know but you put out great comments or great content you bring out really good questions that nobody even thinks about and what was it what was it so yeah we what was it we're looking forward to working with you more in the near future um but as always thank you again john again and then like my said, pleasure and what was it and thank you for listening to this wonderful conversation about music we need more music like this in the world um, so again, thank you for listening to Comic Talkers. My name is Brandon and let comics always be the top of your discussion.